Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. We're going to be talking about Good Friday. We'll be out of Colossians 1. We'll quote some other scriptures, but I love what Colossians says about the gospel. So, guys, thanks for listening. We've, we've officially passed 200,000 streams. I think we can hit half a million. Um, but listen, I, I don't know if you've seen yet. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen. Um, I'm still censored. So it's, I mean, I used to get tens of thousands of views on stories, and now I get a thousand. And I can tell when I'm censored because it will cap at a thousand. It's like a thousand and five just so ridiculous. Um, but it hurts when I'm trying to put out some fun info. So one thing that's happening is I am hiring for a social media and podcast manager and a videographer editor. Now the videographer, you're going to need to travel, um, because you're going to need to come with me to stuff. Um, not every single thing, but a lot of things. And then the, the other position, the manager of social media and podcasts, you can work remotely. Um, but I want to put out more content, better quality, more consistent and take some stuff off of my plate. I mean, I'm traveling more. I'm going to start teaching at YWAM. I'm on this tour with Sean Foyt. We're going to every state capital. Um, I have a family. Um, I'm trying to start up this kingdom discipleship school. I do all the graphics, all the recording, all the editing, all the posting, all the replying comments, DMS, like emails, everything I do by myself. So I need help if you're good. Apply at overcomerstx at gmail.com. Overcomerstx, as in Texas, at gmail.com. Send me your application with a resume, and I'll be looking over it. Uh, finally, I need help to hire these people. Um, our family is so taken care of. You guys have blessed us. You've sponsored us. You've supported us financially, and we're doing well. Our family is taken care of. The ministry needs your support now. We are growing as a ministry. I just told you some of the things we're involved in. Um, you know, that's not even all of it. As we're growing, we need to hire some positions. So I'm doing a big fundraiser right now to try to hire these two people. Um, if you go to Shane Winnings, uh, if you go to my Instagram at Shane.Winnings, you can click the link in my bio. The fundraiser's in there. Help us hire these people. Or you can give at shanewinnings.com, um, and that is tax deductible if you do that way. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. It's it's going to be a great year. It already has been. And there's just fun stuff I can't wait to tell you. Listen to what Colossians 1 says. For it pleased the Father, this is verse 19, that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, he's talking about Jesus whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. What the cross did was make peace. Now, why would we need to make peace? I thought it was about sin. Well, listen. Listen to what sin does. Colossians 1.21, And you who were once alienated, that means cut off, foreigners, outsiders, outcasts, you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind, by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. Jesus made peace.
peace between man and God by his blood through his death on the cross. You can't make peace if there isn't a problem. <laughs> you, you, there's no need to make peace if there already is peace. This is the message of the gospel. You are not right with God when you are born. You are cut off from him. You are his enemy. Your flesh, your mind, everything about you is in opposition to God. Now, you might have some good qualities and characteristics as you grow because there are biblical principles that even the world tries to apply. You know, do, do unto your neighbor as you'd have them do unto you. The golden rule, right? The golden rule is not in the Bible. That is a worldly interpretation of love your neighbor as yourself, which is the second commandment. But we don't talk about the first one in public schools, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, with everything inside of you. Love the Lord your God. He is number one. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that all of the laws of the prophets, all of the commandments, everything hangs on these two. And love fulfills them all because love does no harm to a neighbor. You see, we're born into sin. We're born driven by flesh, driven by a slave driver. His name is Satan. And the other slave driver's name is flesh. And we are at the mercy of those two. But it is by the grace of God who brings salvation that has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. That's what the Bible says. Because of Jesus, we have the ability to no longer have to live according to the worldly lusts and live ungodly lives. But we can actually live soberly. That means your mind is not clouded, not cluttered, not driven by passions and desires and and just whatever. You can live soberly. You can think clearly. You can make rational decisions. You can be spirit-led. You can live soberly. You can live righteously. Righteous means right with God. Jesus Christ has given you, he has imputed his righteousness to you if you receive him by faith. When you lay your life down and you receive the life that Jesus Christ paid for, you are receiving the gift of salvation, and that is through his righteousness. The Bible says, He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. That is your purpose and destiny, is to become the righteousness of God. Philippians 2 tells us what to do with that purpose and where that destiny is uh, channeled towards that we are called to be lights, shining as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So, the cross is, guys, this is, this is so much bigger than a plane ticket to heaven. Jesus died because you're an enemy of God, and he loves you so much, and the Father loves you that he sent Jesus. They both love you so much that they want you to be right with the Father God. And so Jesus dies, and on the cross, he takes sin upon himself and becomes that very sin. He became sin who knew no sin. He becomes sin. Sin in the flesh is cursed on that cross. 
Sin is cursed in the flesh because the Bible says anything that hangs on a tree or on a pole is cursed. We learned that in the Old Testament. Well, Jesus was hung on a tree and sin was cursed the moment that he died. And then Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. According to the scriptures, he was raised by the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he overcame sin and death, hell and the grave. And he ascended to heaven and he took his blood, the blood of the, of the sacrifice of the perfect lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He took that blood and he put his own blood on the mercy seat. He didn't need a high priest to do it for him. He is our high priest forever. And he goes to heaven and he sprinkles his blood on the mercy seat for the atonement of the world. Once for all, there never needs to be another sacrifice. He never needs to die again. There never needs to be any more animals shed for the sake of a sacrifice to God. It's been done. Jesus was the perfect lamb that was slain. He took his own blood. He sprinkled it there. And now the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us daily. He is a mediator between man and God. If we want to get to God, there's only one way. There's not two ways. There's not a hundred ways. God is not at the top of a pyramid and you can just make your way up. It doesn't matter which side you come. There is a narrow way to God. And Jesus said how narrow it is. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other option. And so it is through the torn flesh of Jesus, the veil that we pass through, the veil that has been removed between us and God, we now can pass through it, through the torn flesh of Jesus, into the holiest place to approach the throne of grace, to approach God the Father with confidence. Isn't that amazing? That's what Jesus paid for. He paid for you to get to God. He paid for you to know God. You were an enemy. And Romans 5.8 says that even though you were a sinner and an enemy, God demonstrated, he showed his love towards humanity in that while we were still sinners, enemies, wicked, hostile, Christ died for us. He died for you to become something. So on this Good Friday, when we remember the sacrifice, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, it's so important for us. I want to encourage you, go watch the Passion of the Christ. Go watch some gruesome crucifixion scene. You need to know what Jesus did for you and why. It wasn't so you could have a better day. It wasn't so that you know everything could just go your way. Jesus paid the ultimate price so that you could know him and know God. Because John 17, 3 says eternal life is knowing the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. That's eternal life. It's not heaven. Now, heaven is a part of it. That's amazing because we're going to be wherever God is. But it, the point isn't heaven. The point is God the Father. The point is Jesus. That's what he paid for on that cross. He saw you on your worst day, and he never lost sight of who you were created to be. So you, if you're listening to this, and you think you're too far gone, you're not. If you think there's no way he could, you're wrong. He does. He did. He always will. 
Jesus has done his part. This is what we remember today on Good Friday. Jesus has done everything he needs to do, and the Father, God in heaven, has done everything that needs to be done for you to be saved, for you to be redeemed, for you to be made whole, for you to have a new life in Jesus Christ, and for you to live forever with him once you pass from this earth. Everything that needs to be done has been done, and it is now up to you. So the question I ask you today, will you believe? Will you believe with everything inside of you? Will you not sell out and sell yourself short and sell cheap for the things of the world to be driven by the lusts and the desires of life, pride of life? Will you give yourself fully to the one who paid it all for you over 2,000 years ago? This is what we remember on Good Friday. Jesus was delivered up, betrayed by one of his own. He was beaten beyond recognition, unrecognizable. You couldn't tell who it was if you looked at him. And yet he still lived. And then they drove a crown of thorns into his head, long thorns. And then they nailed him to a cross. And he still had the wherewithal to know who he was, who you were, who the father was, and who the men were that killed him. He still had the wherewithal to preach the gospel to them. He still had the wherewithal to forgive even as he was dying at the hands of the men who were right there, mocking him, casting lots, and showing no honor whatsoever for this king. He still forgave Guys, this thing is huge. And on this Good Friday, we owe it to the Lord. Sit down. Take communion. Remember what he did. And commit ourselves, whether for the first time or the first time in a long time or for the hundredth time, it doesn't matter. Commit yourself to following the Lord and never stopping. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. I don't care where you're at, what you've done, even if you knew what you did on purpose, listen, repent. Change your mind. Change your life by making a decision to stop playing. Stop playing games. Don't have one foot in the world or a toe in the world. Have nothing to do with the world. Be in it, not of it. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he worth it? We're talking about an eternal reward here. Why would we jeopardize that or diminish that for some temporal, earthly experiences? Guys, Jesus is worth it all. I want you to imagine right now that you're standing in heaven before God on the throne and you see that wounded Jesus who is now a king. The holes in his hands, the wound in his side, holes in his feet. I want you to imagine standing there and trying to justify why we do some of the things we do on the earth. I know that when we stand before him, we're going to wish we gave more. We're going to know that it was worth it. We're going to know that it was worth it to turn down the things of the world to live for this man that we love. And the Bible says when you keep that on your mind, you purify yourself. So on this Good Friday... 
I want you to dwell on the things of God. I want you to think about the cross, and I want you to think about Jesus in heaven because he didn't stay on that cross. He's in heaven now with God, and he's hoping that you run well, and he's hoping that you live a life of faith, and he's hoping that you won't sell out and live by the flesh and live for the world and live for yourself. And he's cheering you on, and he's equipped you with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual uh, piece of equipment, armor, everything that you need to overcome, to accomplish. And the greatest gift he's given you was access to the Father, because you can't do this on your own. Cry out to God today. I don't know who you are or what your needs are, but I can tell you that all of us need God the same. We might be in different phases of life. Our lives might look different. We might be walking through different seasons, but we all desperately need God. No matter how good or bad you're doing, we need God the same. Today, let's give him everything, and let's make a dedication. Let's make a commitment to the Lord, saying, Lord, as best as I can, as best I know how, I'm going to do this every day, not just on Good Friday. Let this be day one of a lifetime committed to dwelling on you and what you've done for me and what that means now. May I never go back to the way things were. May I never live the same. Come on, you could make a change right now. And I want to invite you to do that. Amen? Hey, look, if this episode encouraged you, less than 20 minutes, it's a quick listen, but it's powerful because it's the Word of God. It's not my opinion. Share it. Hit that copy link button or hit the little arrow or whatever app you're on, whatever you've got. Send it to some family members. Send it to some friends. Have a little watch party. Say, hey, we're going we're gonna to eat some food. We're going to take some communion, even if you only have some bread and water or crackers and what. It doesn't matter. It's just a contact point of faith. It's symbolic. The, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm losing my brain here. The items, the the bread or the wine or what it's symbolic you could do it with the cheerio and a cup of milk it is just remembering jesus get some people together at your house say hey let's remember jesus together let's have a little meal together let's watch the passion together let's pray together whatever don't let this just be another night something incredible happened thousands of years ago and tonight let's dwell on that and let's allow it to change us amen thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time